0: Hello and welcome to another rambunctious edition of Podcast Dark Elevation, the only wrestling podcast that is focused on the two hottest shows in the world of wrestling, AEW's Dark and Dark Elevation. As always, I am your host, Dark Elevation, and as we've been talking about for a while now, there's been a real uptick in the quality of these darks recently just because of how how they are what they're being paired with so without any further ado we're just going to get right into the action here we start off with AEW Dark Elevation number 89 that was on Monday that was filmed in Aganis Arena in Boston Massachusetts I wanted to go to the show Circumstances did not allow me to go to this show. I've been to two of AEW shows at Agganis. I've had a blast both times. I no doubt would have had a blast going this time. And we got a we would have I would have gotten a rampage, which not everybody gets anymore. Not everybody gets, but everybody gets dark, and that's what happened here. It started off with uh, the Gates of Agony, Bishop Khan, and Toa Leona. I feel like I'm always saying is it just Khan? I I want to say the U in there. But I digress, as Taz might say. No, don't, don't tell Taz I, I said that. He, he might come after me. Anyway, he, the Gates of Agony with Prince Nana defeated Big Kuzo and Teddy Goods in a minute and 37 seconds. Everybody loves Teddy Goods. It, I mean, maybe not everybody does, but he clearly, between this show and the last show, showed that he has some, there's some love for him in the Northeast, in the New England area. Uh, the Gates of Agony, I don't know what their plan is with them, I don't, I don't know, they are sort of the, the tag team that is, uh, that is, that is associated with Brian Cage, who is also not doing great, he's doing he's been doing fine. As far as as far as uh, I mean, I guess he's in this tournament now, but I don't think he's going to win this tournament. So I don't know what I don't know what their plan is long term for the Gates of Agony. I think both of them look good. I think as far as new tag teams that have emerged in the AEW sphere recently. I I like them more than some of the other ones. Not to put anybody down. I'm really just here to see Teddy Goods. He does not last long. Big Kuzo, he looks cool. If I saw Big Kuzo again, he's got a good name. He's got a like a Hawaiian print shirt. Give me more Big Kuzo again in the future. Ty Mello defeats Paris Van Dale in a minute and thirty three seconds. Matt Menard questions if Paris Van Dale is from Paris. Generally. That's not how names work, but I guess you you gotta expect some silliness when when there's no there's no serious person on this week's commentary. It's just Paul White and Matt Menard, and that means that it's gonna get a little silly sometimes. So, Paris Van Dale probably not from Paris. If I'm gonna guess based on the last name Van Dale, uh, she is of Dutch origin. That's generally how their name naming standards are uh so uh, there's no paris in the netherlands uh, unless you count belgium which is kind of like paris vandale it's it, it's kind of like one part of it is parisian and one part of it is vandale-ish flemish and uh i'm not going to say that about paris vandale though uh, because that country's done some real messed up stuff and i'm it's it's unfair to put the atrocities of King Leopold onto Paris Van Dale. Especially since I don't know if she's Belgian. And I have no reason to believe she is. Time I'm just happy to see her wrestling again. She's she's the the crowd you I think you can kind of tell the crowd still has a little place in their heart for Timelo. Even though they don't you know they're rooting against her. But it's good to see a Ty Mello match as as you know, Sammy. Go- I think I think Ty gets a significantly different type of heat than Sammy does. I, I think people do like Ty Mello, or maybe I'm just projecting. But gaining those wins, and I would not be surprised if that's like a uh, like a winter is coming type of match. Ty Mello gets a gets a shot at whoever's champion for winter is coming who who knows how that all, whole thing's going to resolve we we learned that tonight i believe i saw that the bunny is is sick so anna j is going to be the match against tony storm tonight uh, i think a less intriguing match in a lot of ways just because the intrigue of a returning bunny is, is the returning bunny that sounds like a like a children's book or something uh, it, it's the re, the returning I, I guess it would be the the sequel to the runaway bunny but nevertheless the returning bunny is a I think a, a more interesting matchup than then Anna J but I think it's also telling that they didn't think the Ty conti which I think is also a more intriguing matchup. I would, I right now, I think Ty Conte has more interesting matches than Anna J just because of the, I think she has good intensity. I think her kicks always look good. Uh, and I think there was, there was a very funny moment in this match where she said something like you're done or something like that. After, after uh, PVD, uh, reversed the DD tie she and looked like she was going to try to do something she's like no you're done and it, I, it's unclear whether or not that was actually a shoot thing where she's saying like hey no we're we're ending this match now we're not going to continue out of it and then put her in her other finisher the TKO the tie KO or if it was just very in character but either way I, I think time was is very, very very entertaining and I think it is it is it is in some ways a tell that they did not put Ty Mello in this match against Tony Storm tonight. We were telling that I think they maybe have some other plans for her. Who can say? Matt Hardy and Private Party. Oh, I never noticed. That kind of rhymes. Hardy and Party. Defeated Channing Thomas, Kyle Bradley, and Smiley Fairchild in 3 minutes and 46 seconds. This one took a little bit longer than the others, but... It takes a little bit longer to incapacitate three guys. Channing Thomas, I've seen around. He's a a Worcester regular. Um, I did not see him this week when I did go uh, to Worcester. But I have seen him around. And I don't know as much about Kyle Bradley or Smiley Fairchild. Hardy and Party. This felt a little bit like treading water. It did not... I, I have liked, in general, that they have... Uh, the the firm's storyline has been told on Dark in a lot of ways, the way that Matt Hardy and Private Party are being held down by the contracts they have with with the firm. And... This felt like it was just... They were just having fun out there. They were just glad to be having this wrestling match. And I don't think that's... There, there was nothing holding them back in the same way that they've been, that they've had to overcome things in previous uh, episodes with regard to Big Stoke. Big Stoke was nowhere to be seen, so a little bit of a letdown in that regard. I, I know that I don't expect every dark match to have a storyline, but I do expect there to be some sort of consistent flow. With the storylines. Athena defeats Kayla Sparks in 3 minutes and 8 seconds. And, oh boy, we're going to talk about it later because it's going to come up again. But this Athena heel turn that has been almost exclusive, I believe exclusively on Dark, has been fantastic. She's looked great. They really made a smart decision, I think, to play into... The, the concern trolling about how stiff Athena was with Jodie Threat and how the audience in Canada was cheering for Jodie Threat. I still don't understand why they cheered for that other lady. No, no disrespect to her, but she was not Jodie Threat and she was not Athena. But they, they've they've gotten into it and uh, she's working tough, stiff matches. She's leaning hard into the the heel stuff. I don't know who you make this a, a feud with maybe somebody like Willow. The two of them have worked together in the past. Willow is so fun loving and Athena is, is very much going in the opposite direction. I don't know if you, I don't know what the future is for Mercedes Martinez. We have not seen her. In some time, there is a ROH pay-per-view next month. If they want to have somebody that would make sense to challenge Mercedes Martinez, assuming she's good to go, I think that Athena would make all the sense in the world in, in terms of how, how she's trending right now. And I think she would even make sense to win it. Especially, especially if you're going to be having what it looks like all of your other champs be face or tweener, all of the other women's champs because Tony Storm is a face. Jamie Hayter is trending face. Jade is the face in the storyline she's in right now. So, uh, and I like Mercedes Martinez a lot, but I think Athena might be, that might be the place to give Athena a, an important win and, and put some gold on her. Kayla Sparks is still fine. I, I enjoy seeing Kayla Sparks. She doesn't, it doesn't, you know, I'm not. It's it's not Kayla inflamed. I'm not Kayla embered. Ember, well, it's a good thing that Athena is no longer known as Ember. Because Ember and Sparks, that would have been a little bit confusing. A little too much imagery of, of fire starting. But, good for you, Chaos Sparks. Keep coming back. The Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny defeat Waves and Curls, Jalen Brandon, and Trayvon Jordan in a minute and 15 seconds. I do love Waves and Curls. I wish they had a little bit more time in this match. They... It seems like there's some interest in them. They They keep popping up, but... They, I, I mean, when we we're talking about tag teams that have shown up recently, I have personal biases towards Waves of Carols. Uh, my personal bias meaning I've seen them live a bunch. That That's really all it takes for me to become a fan of somebody, is I've seen them somewhere. and, and Oh, and they have, they have to impress me there. But it's certainly easier to impress me at a live performance than on, on television, because it's, I'm much less easily distracted. But the point is, I've always enjoyed watching Waves and Curls. There are always guys coming out, dancing to uh, uh, Whitney Houston. Is there is their independent scene entrance music? And yeah, I would like them to go longer than a minute fifteen seconds. Matt Menard uh, wondered which one was Waves and which one was Curls. Uh, Matt, Daddy Magic. Let me, let me, let me come close for a second. The one with waves in his hair is waves, and the one who's curls is curls. It's neither of their names, but they have two different hairstyles. You should... Matt Bernard, please spend some time... Matt Minard, watch Good Hair. A movie I have not myself seen, but I'm not going to tell him to just hang around a, 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 a black barber shop there are a number of reasons that might be problematic but point is these are these are, these are good things to know good things that you, that you you may not know as a as a but are nice to know daniel garcia defeats leon ruffin in 5 minutes and 41 seconds this was for the roh pure title the only title that really gets defended on Dark and Elevation recently. In recent times that I can remember. Which, I guess is good, but also I don't ever think it's going to um, change hands. So, you have to either have it change hands on Dark or Elevation at some point. Or do something else with it. I don't know. Paul White and Matt Menard did not seemed to know the rules to this match. They were kind of getting on the fly. The crowd didn't seem to care. It seemed like the crowd actually booed when when the rules were enforced in regards to a closed fist punch to the face. So the crowd didn't even seem particularly interested in this title. I think that the thing to do with the ROH Pure title, is to consolidate it with the ROH Championship by having Daniel Garcia turn on his mentor, Chris Jericho, united as one belt, and then if you want to wrestle some matches under Pure rules in the future, please, by all means, do that. By, by, it'll be good to have a name. Basically, the second Danielson and uh, Hangman match was basically a pure rules match. They didn't enforce, like, the rope breaks or anything like that. But there were judges by the side in case it went to a time limit draw. So do so then. like, if that match had just been called an ROH pure match, I think people would have been okay with that. I think that would have been... That would have made sense. Ten defeats Jura Joel in a minute and 30 seconds. Uh, All I have to say about this one is that Roosh really wants to recruit Ten. Jura Joel, by way of Matt Hardy and Andrade... May still have Jorah Joel's contract, and none of that seemed to matter with regard to this match. I don't know. I don't know. Ten doesn't want to be part of your part of your group. He already has a group. Jorah Joel, you know, maybe he's not as big and strong as Ten, but he's certainly a strong man. He certainly has a lot of a lot of potential. He's young still, to my knowledge. I don't know how old anybody is. Why, would it, why wouldn't you just decide to, to keep the thing you have instead of feeding George Joel to the wolves and not even caring? you know build him up from the ground up. George Joel would certainly be more appreciative than Ten who has not been appreciative at all of your of your asking him. Do you, th- do you know how appreciative George Joel would be if Rush asked him to sign? Well, he might be confused because he may be like me and not know whether or not he has a contract with with uh, Los Faccion. But it's always nice to be recognized. It, it, it's an honor just to be nominated for the, for for Los Faccion. I'm not going to get nominated with my... Continued problem with that pronunciation. I You saw me steer right clear to it the first time. And then it went head on this time. It did not work. A.R. Fox defeats Serpentico in three minutes and seven seconds. We have A.R. Fox with his first win. His first time having his own entrance. Things are looking up for Mr. A.R. Fox. He's somebody who I think, if he was around in the beginning, again I don't know anybody's life. I don't know what happens in people's lives, but it sure seems like Air Fox was on an upward trajectory about two years before AEW started, and then I'm not sure what happened, but I I I mean even like maybe even one year before he started. I I'm bad with time, but it sure seemed like his career was starting to to to. Be something. And and if he was there at the beginning, I think people would have no question thinking of him right now as a, an important player. An important part of the mid-card. Uh, Serpentico, Serpentico is always... No, no, Nothing new on the Serpentico front. And I do like also, if I'm going to continue to praise AR Fox, I do like pairing him with Top Flight. Because I... I think that AR Fox feels like a more like a more polished version of what Top Flight and particularly Dante Martin could be. They're they're very, um, you know, AR Fox has like that edge to him. He, he's a, he, he's got cargo shorts and a bandana. He, he, he seems like he could scrap but along with scrapping, he can also fly, so he's he's got like a two uh, you know two facets to the personality in a way that I feel like Dante Martin still just has one. But I think learning from under Air Fox could be good for him and for Darius. And if you want to do a, a, a more more like a a little bit more makes sense version of what they were trying to do with first with Leo Rush and then with Team Taz with AR Fox in top flight you could maybe maybe AR Fox starts to be a little heelish maybe he starts to suggest to Dante that he'd be better off leaving Darius or maybe he'd say to Darius Dante is going to leave you you stick with me, I'll, I'll make sure you're all right. I don't know how exactly they would do this, and I think in the end, Top Flight has to stick together, because it's too early for them to actually be turning against each other. But, I think, I think that that would be, if you want to rerun that, and just sort of stick to your guns this time, this would be a, a time to do it. And then finally, the main event... We have Rio and Willow Nightingale against Emmy Sakura and Mei Suruga with Balianaki. 6 minutes and 14 seconds. This was fun. I enjoy all of these competitors. I love how over Willow is. Willow's more over than Rio and the crowd's like generally seem to like Rio a lot. And and I still think like Willow got the bigger reaction. I think they kind of expected that because they let... Willow, uh, have the one whose theme music played when they walked out, which maybe because it's just more fun music. I can't really think of Riho's theme off the top of my head, but I know that it's not as much fun as the, the, the real, like, uh, earth, wind and fire type of vibes that, that Willow's theme puts out. It would be like, what, what would the, the, uh, the knockoff version of earth, wind and fire be? It would be. It would be like, uh, ground, ground, breeze, and flame, ground, air, and flame, or something like that. That would be, that would be the, the people who do Willow's theme. Emi Sakura and Mei Suruga, I saw both of them in Worcester at the wrestling open. Mei Suruga was with Ballyanaki, they tagged together. They did a very cool, like it's they call it like the Royal Dolphin Press or something like that. It 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 went semi-viral. I saw a bunch of wrestling accounts talking about it. I it was just a cool live. Don't don't uh, don't worry. Uh, they didn't win that match, which I'm not going to talk about because it's not really relevant here. But I thought that was an interesting choice, wrestling open. Uh, and then Emi Sakura was just there. She was behind the merch table. I didn't want to say anything to her because I don't... I feel weird about... take. I don't generally buy a lot of uh, wrestling merch because most of it is black t-shirts and I don't need any more of those. But also, I, I feel weird going up and talking to wrestlers with n- no... If I saw something cool, I probably would have bought it. But, like, with no real intention of buying anything, it feels weird to just, like, chat with them and take up their time. So, and Emi Sakura is just simply very cool. And, uh, I didn't want to walk up to her. I, I, she just, she's too cool. But, Emi Sakura, certainly... I, I don't know if what I've said on previous episodes that, like her 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 single stuff is going scale for me or whatever sort of dumb ignorant criticism I've given to Emmy in the past. I saw her there. She was very cool. She was very excited to film Mesarunu's entrance and Balianaki's entrance. Their their entrance together. She was very excited to take out her phone and and film them from the merch stand. So she's very cool. I think that it's a bummer that Masuruga is now back in Japan. They can't do that cool transformer move unless Emmy wants to teach somebody else to do it but that would be a, an affront to Mei, if you ask me but uh, so yeah I, I will miss I will miss you Masuruga. but I'm glad I got to see you live before you before you head back to to uh, Japan. But Emmy Sakura is Emmy uh, is Stuckera stuck around here in the States. She's not stuck. I think she can just go back whenever she wants. But she's made a commitment to being here. And I don't think maybe she gets as much credit as she deserves for helping the women's division grow. And, and being a consistent anchor to it. So, yeah, that was this episode. I think... You got some stuff. You got you got we got to see our first AR Fox victory. We got to see Riho we got to see Rio Willow Emmy May. It was a lot of fun. And we got to see Athena continue to to put it on. So if you're gonna watch, I would say those are the three things. Uh, I Daniel Garcia and Leon Ruffin, I guess, could qualify for for worth worth checking out. I I didn't think it was the best from either of them that we've seen. But still, I mean, how much much do you really want to skip around? At a certain point, just watch the whole thing through. Just watch it. Just watch the whole damn thing. All right, we'll be back right after these messages. Move on to the other show, Tuesday's episode of AEW Dark number 170. Taped at Mohegan Sun Arena on the fifteenth. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Broadcast on the fifteenth. Taped on ten twenty-eight. So some time ago. It it took them a while to get to get to this one. But b- by gum, they sure did it. This was from a live rampage a few weeks ago. We have Sky Blue defeating Paris Van Dale in two minutes and twenty-five seconds. You know what? At a certain point, whatever whatever problems I have with Sky Blue, which are I I wouldn't even call them problems. I just I just don't think that she's better positioned than or or I think she's better positioned than some people who are better than her. But whatever I think of her, the crowd sure seems to like her. And through this match, you know, it was two minutes and twenty five seconds, but Paris her and Paris van dale were able to keep it keep the you know the ping-ponging happening at the right at in, in the right uh, sort of rhythm to keep the crowd happy and cheering except for that finisher boy howdy i do not understand sky blues finisher it is uh, a flatliner, but it seems to change every time it did not look good this time her name is Sky. Give her some sort of a, of a diving finisher. Surely we can find something for her to do in the thing that's in her name, right? Sky blue. She do something. Sky. Maybe she makes her opponents turn blue with some sort of a of a sleeper hold. Both of these make more sense than the flatliner thing that she does. Paris Dale, of course, joining that exclusive club. Exclusive, exclusive club. So exclusive that there will be other people joining it on this very episode of people who have lost on a Dark and then an Elevation in the same week. The Iron Savages, Boulder and Bronson, with JT Davidson, defeat Brando Lee and Lucas Chase. Brando Lee, of course, named after uh, the great uh, Marlon Brando. Uh, well, it, it seems like his name is Brandon Lee, which is already the Crow. And you certainly cannot get the estate of Brandon Lee upset over this. And you can't get Sting upset by uh, encroaching on Crow-related things. So, Brand- Brando Lee and Lucas Chase... Got no thoughts on you. Sorry, fellas. You got thrown around a lot. That was pretty cool. You're good at getting thrown around. Uh, and I probably could make some kind of Brando joke about related to uh, to, to Brando. You know, he got an offer he couldn't refuse, or uh, uh, he it was a streetcar named Desire to win and he did not he didn't get there. Uh, whew, that's it. That's that's the stuff right there. That's what people turn in in for. The Iron Savages, at least now they have different gear. That's good. Their gear looks more iron iron based. It's still relatively non-metallic, but at least it's the right color scheme i i I sort of believe it more it it still doesn't really like as bear country they were in embody, em, embodying the bear now are they supposed to be the iron itself are they supposed to be iron workers are they supposed to be an ironing board i don't I don't know, but they still do crush their opponents and it is fun to watch and who can say no to that? So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that that Iron Savages are going in the right direction in ways that I was not previously. Kira Hogan defeats Kennedy Copeland in two minutes and forty one seconds. Kennedy Copeland I also saw on uh, at uh, Wrestling Open last Thursday, and Kennedy Copeland lost to Paris Van Dale. P- Paris Van Dale we know has is joined the club of two losses in one week. So what does that even say about Kennedy Copeland there? If she lost to that she's kind of like an honorary member in that regard. I know that's a different calendar week. We would have to wait and see what happens on this week's wrestling open. But anyway, Kira Hogan looking good. I do I do I do like Kira Hogan's look. I like her gear. I don't know what the play... She has not been... She she seems to be having a lot of singles matches unrelated to Jade. They're building her up as if she's going to do her own thing. Sure, okay. I would like to see... I, w- I feel like we've gotten a disappointingly little of the baddies as a trio. I would like to see more trio stuff in the baddies. I would like to see... Uh, more even stuff that's just Kira and and Layla or and, and if Red Velvet comes back, even better. I think I think Kira and Red Velvet could absolutely be putting some putting putting on a show together. They both last time I checked had uh, kick finishers. I would like to see them do the, the, those sort of roundhouse kicks in tandem. That would be awesome. I think that. The blue and the red is a great look. So, yeah, I let, let's, let's hear it for um, building up Kira Hogan. I don't know what you'd be building her towards, but I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of it. She shouldn't just be a lackey. Frankie Kazarian defeats Zach Clayton in 3 minutes and 39 seconds. Um, okay. I mean, it's probably good for Zach Clayton to get some reps with somebody like Frankie Kazarian if you think Zach Clayton is somebody who could be a major player in the future. He certainly has the size. I mean, anybody who looks that big next to Frankie Kazarian is like WWE-sized. Uh, but, and yeah, I, I, I don't know what what you're going to do. Like, what What are we building? Because you're also Zach Clayton just lost again. I don't know what Frankie Kazarian's plan is. I don't know if he still has that Impact title that he had before. I don't know what is up with him at all. But figure it out. It's not for me to figure out. This was a competently wrestled match, largely due to Frankie Kazarian's involvement. So... We're gonna give we're gonna give uh, give the uh, uh, chunky award to Zach Clayton figure out what you do you had all summer the factory Cole Carter Lee Johnson and QT Marshall defeated Channing Thomas Man Scout and Teddy goods in four minutes and 11 seconds hey once again crowd chanting for Teddy. They wanted Teddy, and then QT, smart guy that he was, just shoved an elbow into him so as soon as the fans started chanting that. Shoved it, shoved an elbow into him. Uh, QT continues to be so good at at getting people to dislike him. Cole Carter, I mean, he's coming along all right. Lee Johnson, this is—I mean, this is kind of interesting. I would like to see, because right before this match, we got a promo from Brock Anderson. And then I saw Lee Johnson. I'm like, huh. They never really addressed any of that. So maybe that could be a fun dark feud, is to have the former Brock Lee members explain why they are where they're at. And realistically, I, I think that um, like Lee Johnson could should win that match. Is by joining the factory, Lee Johnson seems to have a more upward trajectory. He has a thing to do. He's part of a, a group of, of uh, goons causing trouble. Um, and yeah. I wonder. I wonder where the other factory members are. I wonder if they'll be around. Um, I don't even think Man Scout got in this match. If I'm being Totally, totally honest with you, I don't, I don't remember that happening. So, Athena then defeats LMK, who was. I'm glad they also referred to her by her full name, Little Mean Kathleen, which is just a. Oh, I understand why some names get the the sort of the RVD DDP MJF treatment. Sure, absolutely. Especially as people are saying them more and more over time, they sort of, they sort of become that. But every once in a while, you got to throw the full LMK name out there. A little Mean Kathleen is just too good. If nobody ever said said some of these other names again, if nobody ever said Maxwell Jacob Friedman again on commentary, I think we'd be fine. I mean, I guess that is a big part of his whole snootiness is saying his whole name. But point being, Lil' Mean Kathleen is a great name. She's a great performer. She should be on Dark or Dark Elevation every single week. Not maybe not every, but like with with the frequency of a regular. You talk about like every time there's somebody new coming in, whether or not they're going to save quote unquote save the women's division. Uh, what what will Athena bring? Enough? Will Tony Storm? Will Ruby Soho? Will Will? Uh, every time we're looking for these people who are gonna just bring in that thing at the top that it, that creates legitimacy. Give me somebody like Little Mean Kathleen to firmly cement the bottom. To be a person who loses all the time, but is largely cared about. People give a shit. People do LMK chants. People want her to win in a sort of Fuego Del Sol type of way. Give me weekly LMK. The finish of this match, strange. Athena goes up on the rope as if she's going to do the O-face. She's yelling to LMK to get up. She does not. She comes down. She just starts kicking her in in the side throwing elbows and stuff like that. It feels like it is a sort of a, a little bit of a meta thing about how, how Athena got this reputation that she was, you know, working stiff or she was, she was being reckless. Is Was that supposed to be that she was doing that because LMK couldn't get up? Or or what was LMK deliberately not getting up? It's unclear what they were going for there. She ends up throwing a bunch of arms and stuff, and then getting a pin with no finisher hit. I would have, I think it would have made more sense and and would have been better if it was like a referee stoppage, where oh well, if you don't you're not gonna hit the old face, I'm just gonna come kick and punch you and and beat the hell out of you. Until the referee has to call it because LMK is not is not defending herself any longer, I think that would have been a cleaner ending than because just the the roll up makes it feel like something went wrong. Um, but overall, I love LMK. I think Athena is doing great work. The Dark Order. Alex Reynolds, Evo Luno, and John Silver defeated Arjun Singh, Brett Gosselin, and Mike Magnum in 4 minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, I got a text that a package had been delivered for me around the time that this match happened. And I went and got the package, and I missed most of this. I'm sure, it was fine. I, I just, you know, I, I, it was, it was a perishable package. Can you blame me? I, I, I don't always have time to go back and rewatch watch matches. Uh, Daniel Garcia defeats Brock Anderson with Arne Anderson in 7 minutes and 49 seconds. Uh, in the previously mentioned promo, earlier in this episode, sort of previewing the main event, uh, they did, a, by the way, uh, Athena also had a, an interesting promo situation with her intimidating Lexi Nair. But in, in Lexi Nair's interview with uh, Brock and Arn Anderson. She asked, "How do you prepare? What do you prepare differently for a pure rules match versus a a a a, a standard match?" And uh, Arn Anderson said, "You don't do anything different." Which, first of all, Arn, I'm sending you to to uh like it, it, to, like improv 101, because that was not yes handing Arn Anderson, you you gotta you gotta you gotta work on your your yes and. I, I think a, 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 some UCB classes might be good for you. And uh, is UCB the one? That's, is it still open? I can't remember. Uh, and and also you should do something different, right? You're just saying oh. We're we're actually just going to do the same things we would do if the rules didn't. No, that's very silly. That's very. I mean, if 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 there's even a slight change to anything, the game plan changes in any other sport. If it's raining in for a football game, you change the game plan. If if uh your opponent, you know, they, the one of their best three shooters is not available, or your best three-shooter is not available, you change the... And you're talking about... That's not even... The rules are changing. You're, we're talking about an, in a situation where the rules are changing, and you're going to act like you just do the same thing? That's probably why you lost, among other reasons. But the main reason is that uh, Daniel Garcia pinned Brock Anderson. Again, like the Leon Ruffin match, I think, I think this was a better match in general... Um, but the stakes were not really there. I don't. There was no moment where I thought that Brock Anderson had a chance of winning this title. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what the plan is with with him. I mean, good good for you, I guess. Main eventing some kind of a show, which may not have happened since the time that you main evented Dynamite against Malachi Black. What a time to be alive. And that's most of what I have to say about this week's show. Overall, we're, we got more quality content than... We we don't always get this much quality content. It was not maybe as strong because one of the episodes was an episode of, of a taping that was paired with a Rampage on a Dynamite. Uh... But also, it was probably pretty close to the one that was just part of a rampage, so who can say what exactly makes them decide what goes on what show? I certainly... It's above my pay grade, unless Tony Connell wants to pay me. And that concludes our episode. As always, please share, uh, subscribe, like, review. If there's, like, a button you can press related to... The show, press it, and not that one-star button. I don't want any any wisecrackers. Press it. Oh, I guess I contributed. Give, come on. But if there's a button to press, slap that thing. G- give me, give me some credit for what I'm doing here. You give your old pal Dirk a little bit of the of the recognition he deserves. And until next time, uh, keep. Watching wrestling. Keep enjoying. It. I think I think tonight's show is gonna be a pretty interesting show. I think full gear should be a, a a good time. So let's all have some fun out there. I don't you love it when I end this show like a little league coach? Hey, let's all have fun out there. And when it's over I'm getting everybody hot dogs. I I mean if you, if you want me to send you a hot dog, uh, follow me on Twitter and then send me a DM. I'll, I will send a hot dog to anybody who follows me on Twitter.